Today, we're going to talk about leadership versus management with Ben Dooley. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hello, Rory. Hey, Paul. Thank you for having me on today, my friend. Well, I'm glad you're back to talk about coaching and how it can help you develop and also your organization develop. So today we're going to hear a conversation you had on the idea of leadership versus management. Absolutely. We're going to talk with Ben Dooley. He's master certified coach, and he talks about uh, the concept of leadership versus management, the distinction. A lot of people, you know, think that they're kind of interchangeable and, and they are, but we want to kind of define it in greater detail for people and also the different characteristics of both. Is management important? Absolutely. We wouldn't have the lifestyle that we have in the United States if we didn't have managers who got things done. But we also need people who are visionaries and who are leaders and say, I envision us doing this. And so both of those skills are important. And can you have both of them simultaneously? Absolutely. So we're going to talk about those two skills and how those skills can help you be a better manager, a better coach, and also make a greater impact with your team. Because if you understand the distinction and then are able to utilize them, you're able to send your career on a greater trajectory. It's Ben Dooley. We can hear more about him at bedo.org. Here is your conversation with Ben Dooley. Ben Dooley, welcome to Coaching for Potential. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Let's define leadership versus management from your perspective and also from kind of a coaching perspective, because obviously this is coaching for potential, leadership versus management. So what's your vision of leadership versus management and why is this important for the managers who are listening to this program today? It's always been about getting the job done and making sure the person on top has the vested interest to make sure the job gets done. Right. And so that's where this design of hierarchy, high level, high responsibility, high pressure uh, management it was all about just making sure things got done. Mm-hmm. And that's been always the case. And there's a huge value in that. Right. There's somebody there going, it's got to get done. And so that's where management is really powerful and potent. There's a problem, though, that if we don't have leadership, then that management is following down a very rigid pathway. And it's a very limited in its in its experience and its success because now we're talking about it's got to be a b c d e and if it's anything else we got problems leadership is really about something bigger it's leadership is containing and you mentioned about uh, tle and it was one of the models that we focused on and one of the distinctions that we uh, held for leaders being given being an action by something greater than you like your drive and the things that you say and the things that you think and the things that you do and how you show up in your organization is not about you it's about something bigger there's something compelling and that's what the leader is really tapping into and following. Hmm. We're creating legacy. We're creating impact. We're creating something. And you look at the leaders that we look back on in our history, whether it's political leaders, whether it's business leaders, whether it's social and community leaders, whether it's world leaders, whatever kind of leaders it is, it's that person who says, this is not about me. 
This is about us and about them and about everything else. And we have to bring our best to this. Mm -hmm. And so the leader is focusing on that bigger thing. Then the command is to bring our best to it. My best, your best, and everybody's best. So the leader is really engaging and inspiring and in connecting to other leaders to bring out their best. And there's that belief that instead of being the cog in a machine to get it done, that we are a group of leaders, all with different duties and responsibilities, all focused on moving toward the same end destination. I want to kind of break it down here so that I can so that I can grasp it from my perspective. But really what you're saying is from a management perspective is getting the job done. From a leadership perspective, there's two components that I'm hearing you say is one is um, we're we're giving an action that's greater than ourselves. So that what we're doing here is it's not just about us. It's not just about us being a leader, but it's something from the inside, part of our mission, vision, values. But the other side of the component is, and you, you kind of touched on this briefly, but is great leaders don't just develop more followers, they develop more leaders. Yeah. Talk a, about that a little bit. I just think that's an, such an important concept. Yeah. Well, that the leaders and followers is just a fancy version of saying, well, management, I'm going to tell you to do this and you do it. And that's right. that command and control. And, and so it's an old model of what was called leadership. And you see that in the military. You see that in uh, the civil service. You see that in sports. You see that in a lot of like, I'm going to tell you what to do and you follow me. Right. There's something to be said for that, but that doesn't create growth and it doesn't create stimulus and it doesn't engage and inspire the others to actually take on the load. Mm -hmm. So there's another distinction here that we loved playing with about leadership, which is it's basically recognizing that we are fully responsible for everything. Mm. We own full responsibility. It's full responsibility for impact, full responsibility of what's happened. Again, management is about where's the problem in the machine and how do we fix that problem? And it often points to either what's broken in the system or what person is to blame. Right. And now we either fix the problem or get rid of the problem. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at leadership, it's really owning. I am responsible for this. And here's the double-edged sword on that in a good way. It's the leader that says, I am responsible for this company. The success, the problems, the issues, the blocks, the flow, the easy, the wonderful, the hard, all the the mess, the beauty. I am responsible for all of it. And if a leader, that doesn't mean take it on all as this martyr, it means own it, be responsible. You are part of the problem here and you are feeding it. You're also part of the success. And if we go back to the first thing of a leader engages and inspires other leaders, it's that invitation and that holding that everybody else is responsible too not blame responsibility, Mm. being at cause in the matter. I am the cause of what happens. As a leader, now we're responsible and everybody else is responsible. I was working with a company, an individual assessment, kind of a modification of like a 360 and a team dynamics thing and all this stuff. And I interviewed all, it was like 13 employees, including the CEO and the manager and their top sales guys and all that stuff, all the way down to the receptionist. And I went through this design 
and identified. And then I called everybody over for a group meeting. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, so here's the deal. I interviewed each and every one of you. You all know that. And every single one of you pointed to somebody else as being the cause of the problems that are here. And I tell you with absolute honesty, not one of you is exempt from blame. Mm. Every single person got named as part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Not everybody blamed one person, but somebody blamed everybody. Mm. And so I said, and of course they all were like shocked. What? No. And they got indignant and they got curious. Like, who said it? Well, they probably did. Oh yeah. They've always had it out for me. Okay. So if you all are part of the problem, which has now been identified, that also means you are all part of the solution. It's not anybody else's responsibility to be the solution. You are, and that's everybody in this room. And it's so easy to go to that place of defense and management, and we got to fix this. Well, who said that? And where's the problem? And let's get rid of it. Well, whoever is the most problem, we need to get rid of that and fix this over here. And as a leader, we get to go, got it, own it. You're responsible for the problems that are here. Everybody and you're also responsible for the success. Which direction do you want to lean into? And that's a different conversation suddenly. I, I love that point because what you're saying here is, and I was talking to another coach from the Kansas City area, and his name's Doug Booker, and he gave me the quote that I really love. And he said, master the art of asking, what do you think? And so really what you're saying is a solution to that problem. Okay, we're all, we've all identified that we're all part of the problem. Uh, you've helped them as a facilitator from the outside discover that, okay, we're all part of the solution too. And then as a leader, I think leaders will, will phrase the question this way. They're going to say, master the art of asking, what do you think? Whereas a manager is going to say, here's the seven problems. I want you to work on this, you to work on this, you to work on this. It's much more of a command and control approach. Whereas a leader is right. going to basically kind of lead with questions. And, you know, I just wanted to see if, if, if you agree with that assessment or am I way off track? Uh, well, you're absolutely way off track and I agree with you. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting, what comes to mind is there was a, uh, I, I can't remember who it was. And I, I, I have a feeling it's several different people who as leaders of businesses, there's, a, there's actually a tool and technique, especially of the leader to don't come to me with your problems. Come mm -hmm. to me with your solutions. Come mm -hmm. to me with your ideas. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't point out that things are wrong or not working or something. There's, a, there's an issue somewhere. But don't come just to dump it and blame because what that does is now it absolves the, the bringer of any responsibility because, well, I brought it to you. Right. And it also deflects and keeps them out of the situation because now I'm giving it to you. You take it, manager or boss, so that I am absolved of it. And now I don't have to be invested in it in any way. I gave it away. Mm -hmm. and it's yet, almost reverse delegation. I brought it to you. Right. Yeah, I brought it to you. I brought it to your attention. And now it's your... Uh, foreign mantle to feed. And, right, uh, because you're the higher up, you're the manager, so you take care of it and you find out and deal with the problem. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I love about that little twist of come to me with your problem, but come with a solution, not mm -hmm. the solution, a solution, mm -hmm. so that it actually invites and reminds the bringer 
you're a part of this. Even if you're going to complain about Bob in the other department, that's this and that, and what he's doing is making your job harder, you come with a solution. It may mm-hmm. not be the one, we may not follow it, but it's going to give us something to work on. And it's empowering the bringer to still be invested in this. Mm-hmm. as opposed and, to hand off, which is blame. Right. No, and I think that's such an important key. And I think that's why you and I love coaching people because yeah. by the sheer essence of asking the questions, what do you think? Or what's your perspective? Or here's the task. Yeah. Um, you know, a manager is going to basically say, okay, here's the task and here's the seven steps you will do. They'll, they'll write procedure books for it and, and procedures. Whereas leaders will kind of say, okay, here's what we got to do. Uh, but here's our principles. Act within this framework underneath these principles. I think that's also an important key. That's Stephen Covey's principle-centered leadership approach. Right. And I just think that's so important too for, for managers. You know, certainly you've got to have policies and procedures. There's no questions. But with that, I think leadership makes those principles, policies, procedures, and principles, I think is, a, is an important aspect of the process. It, it's actually, it goes back to something that we were just talking about. We kind of whipped by really quickly, which is, again, if we're in that management, we're trying to just get the system to operate the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. So there's really, it's either it's working or it's not. Right. It's producing the results or it's not. And if we're at 95%, there's still 5%, it's not. So we need to fix where it's 5% and get it back to where it's 100. So it's very narrow in its scope and outcome. And if we talk about leadership, leadership, something greater than you, Mm -hmm. it actually opens up possibilities. It, this leadership is where innovation and inspiration are born. It's the, the hotbed of all of that. And again, if you look at those, those leaders in our history and in our present, whom we go, wow, they're taking a stand. They're opening up and saying, what if? They're having the courage to look into the unknown and be really curious and excited about how to fill that hole. It's, it's a whole different mindset where as a leader, we are moving in a powerful direction towards some kind of success or outcome that we've designed and we're open. Come to me with new ideas. I don't know, I don't know if I knew exactly how this would work, I would have done it. Right. It would be done. But I know where we want to go. And I have an idea of how we can get there, but I don't have all the details. And that's where everybody else gets to fill in the gaps. And you've now empowered your team and they're part of the success, which, yeah. by the way, is really exciting and makes them want to do more. Absolutely. I, I think you make a really important distinction here, if I'm hearing you correctly, is leaders engage their folks by asking their opinion or what would your solution be? Managers almost disempower by say, you know, here's the policy, here's the procedure, just follow it. Do it. And, and do it in a, almost a robotic kind of a way. And I realize those are simplistic, but I think that's important because it's almost like the uh, In Coaching for Performance book by John Whitmore, which is, you know, in the coaching world is legendary. Uh, But he basically says there's two tasks of the manager. And number one is get the job done. And number two, develop your people. And I really think developing the people is part of the leadership role. I think, you know, more leaders create more leaders, not followers. I would... I would modify that, develop the people. My guess is he's referring to the training, the performance, mm. you know, like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to do this. 
Mm -hmm. You don't have the skill sets. You have to get better. Here's how you do this. Here's how you answer the phone. Here's how you do this. I'm going to train you on right. how to do your job. Right. So there, I could, my guess is, is that maybe what he's actually referring to mm -hmm. where you're pointing to is absolutely right. That's not training the people though. Mm -hmm. That's training the employee and training the role leadership, training the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really letting the person think for themselves, getting those, those skills that uh, they can have that critical thinking that they're engaged. You want their opinion. Uh, and then also, I think another important task of this in Ryan Holiday's book, where ego is the enemy, I think really the important key here is the leaders that I've really, truly admired is they weren't so stuck on, it's got to be my way. Right. They weren't stuck on, you know, I'm in charge. And I just think that's such an important process. And I was, I was doing an exercise one day with a very, very large bank. And I would do this exercise called the spaghetti exercise. I don't want to give it away. So if you ever have to do it as in the <laughs> listeners out there, I don't want you to give it away. And, but anyway, it's basically you build this uh, tower out of spaghetti and, and marshmallows and tape and string and all of this. It was amazing to watch this exercise because I did it a number of times. It was a great team building exercise and a great exercise to bring people together to talk about ideas. And what I discovered over time is by watching this is whenever a team was a group of people uh, that were basically same level, okay, same title or same, you know, sameness in the organization. Uh, right. They had more of a collaborative approach. But it was amazing to see, and and this is where it was one time, it was the uh, the president of the bank, about $11 billion in assets. The team that had him on their team, as soon as I said go, it was amazing to see all this head snap to him and and basically say, you know, what do you want okay, to do, boss? do, boss? Yep, yeah. tell us what to do. And the other side of the coin is too, that he didn't have the ability to say, to master the art of what do you think? What do you guys think is the solution? What, and so he was really limiting his ability to have just one brain and a group of six people. So he's you know, one sixth the power. Had he transformed it and got away from his ego and that he's got the title and he's got the power to truly say, what do you think? It truly would have been a much more I mean, he ended up being a manager because he told them how to build it, which was really, truly remarkable that he actually went through the process and, and fell into their, their approach, you know, and told them, this is how I think we should build it. And of course, they failed uh, compared to the other teams. And I think that's a key uh, component of com competition too. But it was really, truly remarkable. The more I did the exercise, that was truly the results of it is if there was somebody of, of power on that team, it's just human nature to snap your head as soon as you say go look at that person and ask for them to give us the, the solution. You, you lead us to the promised land, you wise and chosen one, you. Well, and what you're pointing to is actually, it's a, um, it's a fascinating kind of outcome. When we do that, when we, when we actually uh, tell people what to do, when it fails, who gets the, uh, who gets the credit, who gets the blame? Right. And, on, and vice versa, who gets the credit? And right. And so when it succeeds, who gets the credit? So in doing that exercise and the boss comes in and says, okay, here's what you're going to do. Here's what you do. Well, in it, when it falls apart, now all the employees go, oh man, you know, he told us the wrong thing. He told us that. And meanwhile, the boss is going, hey, I told him what to do. They totally couldn't follow orders. <laughs> Right, because no one ever say, oh, we screwed that up and we should have taken another angle on it. Right. So there's no ownership. There's no responsibility. There's no empowerment. It's just, and when it succeeds, you know, yeah, they're going to feel great, 
but there's that lingering thing in the back of my head, like, yeah, well, I'm glad we followed, you know, that, you know, followed the boss and the boss is going, yeah, thank goodness they could listen to my idea. And, and I followed it because I'm right. Well, that's great until the time when you're not. <laughs> Which so in this day and age, unfortunately, is more often than the uh, other way because oh, the world is so good. complex now. Yeah. Outside of coaching, I was really getting into listening to a lot of uh, Brian Tracy recordings. Mm -hmm. I love Brian Tracy. Yeah. And he, uh, and I think this is probably one of the first things that I listened to that just like kind of sank it in about like open the door for me and the world of leadership. And he said, there are three things that we, we forget, but we always should be able to say, and we actually always can say, which is, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. What? Yeah, like to actually, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, like own it. Right. I was wrong, own it, and I changed my mind. And those three phrases, which are taboo in our world, especially in the workplace. <gasps> no, you never admit you made a mistake. And... You never change your mind. If you did this, you stay with it until the end. Mm -hmm. And things change. And yeah, to absolutely. be able to roll with that and to be able to own and, and acknowledge, yeah, you know what? I made a mistake here. Mm -hmm. and, and there may be consequence. Right. But I got to own it and be responsible. And it points to our integrity and it points to our authenticity and it points to our ownership and our full responsibility and it points to our leadership. Absolutely. I think, I think true leaders can, can do that is where managers will, will find somebody to blame and typically not themselves. I think one of the things that I really like in that regard uh, to his thought is I've been listening to a lot of things about how Google was created and uh, the companies that they have been doing a lot of audiobooks on that. And one of the things that they do incredibly significantly is they change direction a lot. Oh, and, man. I mean, they change direction a lot and, and they really truly have, you know, we're experimenting here. We're experimenting with HR. We're experimenting with organizational structure. We're experimenting with roles. Yes, this is what we do today, uh, but let's not fall too much in love with that. If you get too comfortable with that, we're going to run the data against it. And if our data says this is not working or we need to go a different direction, we're going to go a different direction because we're yeah. in a, a continuous state of an experimentation. Uh, we're going to continue a state of doing it differently. Uh, they came up with a project Oxygen, which is really fascinating where they kind of, they asked themselves the question is, you know, are managers necessary? And they answered that question after two week uh, experiment where they actually got rid of all of the managers overneath their, over their engineering department. And they realized that was tragic. And uh, they, the senior managers got tired of filling out vacation forms. And they said, you know, we should have other managers do this. And so they brought the managers back. But then they asked themselves the question, okay, if managers are necessary, how do we create the best ones? Out of that, out of Project Oxygen, they've basically identified eight characteristics that are absolutely necessary at Google. And you're going to be thrilled with this one. Coaching was numero uno. They felt, <laughs> they felt that the best managers were also good coaches. And yeah. so they, they spent a lot of time teaching their management team how to coach, which was truly remarkable. I mean, I just, when I saw that and I saw the results, uh, it really fired me up. It was really a, a cool process. So that's, if anybody wants to listen and it'll get a little bit, anybody listening and wants to get more information on that, it's Project Oxygen with Google. And they've actually open sourced all of their HR stuff 
So you can actually do their surveys, their leadership surveys, their evaluations, all of that stuff is out there for you to use if you want to take and use those same tools at your organization, which is pretty remarkable for a company like that. Millions of dollars to develop these tools uh, for their benefit, but are willing to open source it and allow other people to have that information. Yeah, that's great. I had to be clear though, again, it's so easy to fall into the trap of knocking managers. Ugh, those managers. I mean, leaders are wonderful, but those managers, managers, it's a hard job. Right. It really is. And it's, and it's, a, it's a job that requires a very particular type of person. I am not a good manager and I know that, you cannot pay me enough money to be a manager. I'm just bad at it. But it, managers, there's a time and a place when things need to hold and get done. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is when we talk about the military, when we talk about the civil world, when we talk about all of these things and the captain of the ship telling people you've got to do this and, and they're holding it together, especially in times of challenge and strife and, and when things are falling apart and dangers, you've got to hold most of the time, you got to find a way to hold everything together and get through. We're also recognizing that le- that management is also really important and powerful. Mm-hmm. But what I love what's been happening to what you're exactly pointing to is that even the world of managers are recognizing this old way of managing is not working. Mm-hmm. And so how do I learn these tools and these coaching things? And, and how do I learn to listen in a different way and ask other questions and empower and still hold my job and role as manager to keep the machine running and get it done? But how do I do it in a more effective and empowering and powerful way? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's been really exciting is that now leaders can actually, managers can be leaders in their role. Because remember we said before, everybody's a leader, Mm -hmm. including the manager. The -hmm. manager's mindset is often that either or, look, I'm either the manager and I got to do this job or I can be the wonderful leader. And the leader is, yeah, you're all of it. With that being said, any uh, closing thoughts, Uh, Ben, any closing thoughts you'd like to say or have people recognize or remember? This leadership design and concept and recognition is not new. And the stuff that we designed and that my partner designed uh, for TLE is not new. And all the stuff that's coming out new is not new. It's the same thing. We're just rebranding. It all points to, I mean, look at that. Autonomy was actually, we just kept saying like, you know, this is how to bring your best self Mm -hmm. to bring, like you are a part of this. You're not just a cog in a machine. You're a valuable asset. Mm-hmm. You're part of the solution. That mastery, it, there's a collapsing and a confusion that mastery means be the best. And it actually, and, and without error. Right. It's actually, it's about being your best. Mm-hmm. And when error occurs, that you, you handle it still powerfully and appropriately and effectively. You know, masters make mistakes all the time, right. but they know it and they own it. And sometimes they even do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, that purpose, again, it points to that other thing more than just, I got to do this. I have to keep the machine going. I got to make a paycheck that it's the purpose for something bigger. 
even if it's you know the sure the CEO and the owner of the company and the 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 you know proclaimed leader up front is you know they've got the big vision the big dream but even the lower person on the scale and on the pecking order you know they're still like what's the purpose of you doing this mm-hmm. you know yeah we have to pay bills yeah i got to have a job i got to do this um, especially nowadays where everything is all just whacked around. What is the purpose? What's the bigger purpose? If it's about family, if it's about, you know, home and safety and security, if it's about your community, whatever it is, that there is a purpose. There's something bigger than you that's driving you to what you're doing. So that even if you're just the, you know, the, the sales guy making cold calls or the person who's cleaning up after, you know, the workday, or you're doing hours and hours of data entry. What's the purpose, Mm -hmm. your purpose. And that points to where, again, where we keep circling back around and around that everybody's a leader, including you, the person listening to this recording right now, you are a leader. The challenge now is to discover who that leader is. How does he or she show up in the world? And then how do you connect to that leader and bring him or her out powerfully? Mm -hmm. That's it. I agree. What impact are you going to make in the world is really ultimately the question you asked there. And yeah, and, and I just think that's terrific. So Ben, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, sure. Well, you can open the window and start screaming, but uh, unless you're living next door, I might not hear you. Uh, So easier, you can always send me an email at ben at b-e-d-o dot org. That's ben at b-do dot org, as in being and doing, which is what we've really been talking about the whole time. So listen to more of these podcasts. Absolutely. And we've had a number of great listeners who continue to, to chime in and listen in. So I really, really appreciate that. Ben Dooley, I cannot say thank you enough for being on Coaching for Potential. It's been great to have you on today, and I wish you all the best, my friend. My pleasure, and thank you. And that is your conversation with Ben Dooley. Good job, Rory. Thank you, my friend. And I just love having a conversation with him about it. We're working on a couple other projects together. And when we got to discussing this, I'm going to do a presentation for one of my clients this fall. And I just wanted to kind of do some research with him and kind of do some discussions. And we got into a really in-depth discussion of it. And I said, hey, let's do a podcast together. And he said he'd be happy to do it. And uh, I think he just did a great job. He's got some really great insights and just mm-hmm. so important for managers to understand their roles of management, but also their role of leadership. And I think one of the most important keys of leadership is the ability to develop your people. Who's Absolutely. next? What's that next uh, person in line? Just like we had the uh, podcast with you know, who's next with Mary Kelly mm-hmm. and she does succession planning. And so that's really an important component of leadership is succession planning. Who's next? How do you develop your people? Because, you know, great leaders don't just develop followers. They develop more leaders. And I think that's a really important key with uh, regards to that. Absolutely. So if people want to find out more, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. They can get a hold of me at RoyRoland.com. We also have a 52-module online learning program called CoachingManager.University. And if anybody sends me an email and says I'd like to have it, I'll be happy to send them a free, you know, for the first person who sends me an email from this episode, I'll be happy to send them a free scholarship 
to Ooh. coaching manager university so they can become more effective as coaches and help progress and help propel their career forward. Excellent. And we also would love it if you could go on Apple Podcasts and give us a good rating and review. We would welcome your feedback that way. Absolutely, because that helps us get more listeners. And we've been doing uh, over 130 episodes now and just a great way for us to get a larger audience and more people reaching this message of the importance of connecting with your folks and learning how to coach so you can have those difficult sweaty palm, uh, the sweaty palm conversations, but not have to do it in an uncomfortable way. Right. We give you the skills to truly be comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. And I think that's why I love coaching. Well, thank you very much, Rory. We'll see you next time. You bet, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com. 